Oh yeah! Welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast, fam. It's Joey. It's Paul. What's up? T's not here today. We have got Sean Clarence in the house. What's up, gents? How are we? Good, mate. How are you? Very well. I enjoyed that intro. Actually, it was pretty good. I maybe could have let it go for a bit longer. Yeah, I, got, I haven't got you'll the get better down. at that. Yeah, I got to. I got to listen to that part of some podcasts and and like, you know, <laughs> figure out their formula. Um, mate, thanks for coming here. Um, uh, this is episode 93 for folks who are listening. Sean was back with us, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 episodes ago. Yep. Um, in a moment, I'm going to get you to give a little backstory on that just for anyone that maybe hasn't listened to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, a couple of things we've got coming up. Uh, it's where we are now. We're at the end of January. We've started our morning jiu-jitsu program. We're going to be running a couple of be- beginners jiu-jitsu workshops. So look out for those dates, details, uh, not released yet, but they'll be out in the next week or so. If you're interested in learning a bit about it, definitely come to those. They'll be free. Um, the other cool thing to mention is that we're doing a, we're involved in another event with Rise Foundation Australia. We just found out about this yesterday. They're doing a charity walk. It's a 24-hour walk. It's to bring awareness to suicide within our community. And when I say our community, I believe it's, it's Australia-wide, the statistics that they're, um, that they're talking about. Uh, it's a 24-hour walk and it's going to start here at Jungle Brothers. I don't know when that's out. I think it's March sometime. So we'll put some details out about that. But that's super cool. Uh, Dylan organized that. So that's an exciting thing for us to be involved with. Um, we're not drinking coffee today. I apologize. I probably told you, Sean, that we're going to have coffee. Yeah, I checked the message just before we started and it definitely did say coffee. We actually have kind of all cold brew downstairs. We do. Do you want one? You want one? Well, I mean, how are we I'll get one because I'll have one. Go do it. Yeah, make it three, Paulie. Thanks, Paulie. That's so good. We got a fridge full of drinks downstairs. I forget about it all the time too. Cold brew is perfect in this weather. I, my missus got me a cold drip machine. Takes about three hours. Not a super long one. Three hours. It's not the wanky one that Ooh. the cafes have that never works, no, like that they never use. Very compact, very small. Just put the coffee in, put the water in, drips out. Brother, beautiful. So good. Man, do me a favor. Just get that mic a bit close to your mouth. Grab the whole thing and just move it where you want. Yeah, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, got, we got we got the technology. You got me. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. That's nice, mate. Um, tell us who you are. I know who you are. I've been catching up for ages. But there's folks out there who wouldn't have listened to the first podcast. Yep. You're a gym owner. You're a, a family man. You're an old friend of ours. Yep. So you're a friend of Jungle Brothers. We've known each other through. We had a mutual business coach many years ago. Long time ago now. Long time ago, huh? He's now selling snake oil for beards. <laughs> nah, shout out to Drew. <laughs> Um, thanks, Polly. Uh, <laughs> is that a bit, is that a bit hard? Oh, oh, mate, I did not expect that. That's good though. It's accurate. I love the guy. Um, and you, that you also have this other, this other side to your life, which yep. is the never rest thing, challenge. Movement. Yeah. Challenge, yeah. Can you go on? Yeah, cool. So yeah, I run a gym in Castle Hill, Hills District. Shout out. 2155. 2155. Oh, and, uh, you can't do that one with the fingers, I can you? I don't know. Yeah. I've got some weird fingers. I can, get yeah. I can, I can hit oh, some that's Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I run a gym there. We're a sort of similar gym to here. Strength, conditioning-based, functional fitness, group training. Uh, family man. Got two kids. I've got a stepdaughter as well. She's just turned 18. Wow. It's been eye-opener. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute eye-opener for me. Uh, a couple of young kids as well, six and three. And yeah, so I also run this Never Rest Challenge. So, you know, backstory, you want me to go straight into the backstory, Never Rest? Go on, backstory. So, my brother, Nathan, uh, had cystic fibrosis and, you know, we wanted to, he'd lived with it, obviously, his whole life. And you just, I think when you're a family member of someone with, you know, life-limiting condition like that, you get quite, 
you feel helpless essentially, right? So we wanted to do something for him. Essentially, long story short, we created this challenge and I think there's a lot of causes out there at the moment and so there should be right a lot of people going through some stuff we wanted to bring some attention to ours so we wanted to make it a crazy event so that people would hear about it and sort of ask like why the fuck are you doing that and then they'd hear about cf and we'd go into the story so we did original challenge september 2019 uh 24-hour challenge um we did 10,000 forgot it now 10,000 push-ups 1500 pull-ups and a 42k run yeah 24-hour period uh i completed that with four minutes to spare um, so the, the sad thing about that particular challenge though is my brother passed away in the training for it so pretty emotional uh, but also really strengthened my resolve to get it done got that done uh, we raised a hell of a lot of money for it and then we sort of rolled into never rest 2 which was this just gone 2020 but that was a lot different a lot different because of covid uh, it was a lot different to what it was originally planned to be and yeah that's no rest. I mean, do you want to talk? How do we want to roll into the second? No, that's challenge? no, that's good. Let me um. When, so when you say we did the challenge, I know you had a team around you. Did you have someone participating with you, or were you the one guy doing all that stuff? Challenge one, just me. Right. Yeah. So you did ten thousand push-ups, mm-hmm. fifteen hundred pull-ups, yep. and ran forty-two k's. Yeah. Well, run slash hobbled. Yeah. Yeah. Got, got it done. Yeah. Got your way across forty-two kilometers. That's correct. Of yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Crazy. So that was 2019, mm-hmm. um, and then that brings us then to last year, which was Never Rest Two. Yes, uh, am I right? Was that push-ups and pull-ups? Yes, it wasn't meant to be, but that's what we changed it to. Okay, yeah. So it was originally step-ups or something, wasn't it? No, nah, that's what I said here. Yeah, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. called it that. Maybe two weeks later, I maybe should have told you to edit it out. It was never going to happen. Right, because it was like that's not possible. I think I just didn't want to do it in the end. Yeah, right. So you didn't want to lose all of your upper body gains. No, I'd got, I'd got so much progress. <laughs> I wanted to keep that. We originally decided the second one would be a million kilo total. So uh, powerlifting total, push, uh, what is it? Bench press, deadlifts, squats. One million kilos in 24 hours. Fuck. Mm. Yeah, so massive. Actually don't know if that's possible. I uh, didn't end up doing it. But it was planned for, so in we, we pulled on our help that we had from NRL, South Sydney, super supportive. Every year, the NRL have something called Magic Round. So obviously every round, all the teams play in different areas of Sydney and throughout throughout Australia. Magic Round, they play at the same ground all weekend. So it's a huge festival sort of atmosphere. It's up in Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. And we're gonna do that early May. We'd already got it ticked off by Suncorp, by the NRL, a few clubs supporting us as well. So we had a little area decked out uh, and I was gonna attempt to do those kilos that that amount of uh weightlifting essentially in that 24-hour period we had like a full area set up where people could come down and do some with me some racks and stuff set up so that was all happening there was a lot of training going involved in that and then COVID hit and that was not possible anymore travel first of all and also just like crowds wow yeah so that we had to change it to something a little bit different I stopped my training for that now with an event like that you know a lot of this crazy sort of challenge stuff like it is a lot of mindset, but it's a lot of training to even get yourself in a position where that's possible on the day. Mm. So it's all well and good to have a you know, strong, rock-solid mind and a super resilient sort of mindset around a challenge like that. But if you're not in the physical condition to get it done, it's not going to get done anyway, right? So I stopped training for that because I thought it was done. We ended up coming out of COVID a little bit quicker than I think maybe everyone thought when we first got shut down. So people were back at football games and we thought, all right, well, let's – Let's do another challenge and get it back. Uh, again, 
NRL super supportive, South Sydney Rabbitohs, Canterbury Bulldogs, really supportive, got us at ANZ Stadium. We couldn't move around because of restrictions. We had to be in the one spot. So essentially I could have done that challenge again, but I'd stopped training for it, so it was done. So I had maybe 10, 12 weeks notice, and so we reverted back to what I did last year because I'd sort of kept doing a few push-ups here and there and in reasonable shape, and I thought I could get it back quite quickly. And so we set the challenge of 15,000 push-ups, 2,500 pull-ups, 24 hours. So no run. So wow. So you've increased the, the workload. Yeah, push-ups up by 5,000, pull-ups up by 1,000, yeah. no run. Now, I think it depends on how you interpret that. A lot of people, when I told them about that, they were like, oh, sounds a bit easier. The reality is to do about 5,000 push-ups takes six, seven hours, which is a slow jog marathon. So same amount of time. But the marathon is a rest from doing push-ups and pull-ups, right? So I'm just not getting that rest anymore. So I knew it was going to be a lot more difficult. And yeah, that was the challenge. That's what we set. And you know, it, it ended up being the most unbelievable event that I've ever been part of. Um, and the first one was pretty tough to, to top, but this second one was awesome and for a lot of different reasons. Tell us. Let's go. So... Well, like, actually, let me ask a thing on that. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting you mentioned that the it's not just enough to have the rock solid mindset. You got to have the you have to have the training foundation there to allow you to really push to that place. Yeah. That's interesting because I feel like s- some of the dialogue around this, like David Goggins, you know, who I know you're a fan of, who you know is an incredible guy and pushes, has brought quite a bit of this sort of discussion to the mainstream right through joe rogan and whatever um if you don't know david goggins he's like what would you call him savage he's just a fucking (laughs) savage he does really fucking hard physical challenges and smashes them he's really quite kind of through that he's kind of a motivational guy isn't he he's telling people fucking go harder do it don't be a pussy that kind of vibe there's i feel like with that world and that discussion there's a little bit of maybe it's not spoken about that you need to have the training foundation as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I even feel like when I heard him tell his story on Joe Rogan, which was an amazing story, I advise anyone to go listen to it, but it almost sounded like, I'm, if I remember correctly, he was like, oh, super out of shape, overweight, like really unhealthy. And then one day I just went, fuck it. And then I fucking ran a million kilometers. And then I've been doing that every day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like, well, I, you know, the, it was almost like there's a, there's a, He's painting the picture that you just have to have the mindset. Mm. Whereas in reality, and what you've expressed is like, well, you've got to have that, but you also got to have some training behind you because otherwise you just fall apart. That's it. And uh, well, Goggins, if you listen, he's been on a few different podcasts and he has expanded a few times on how he got to where he is. And it's, he was a Navy SEAL. Um, but to get to that level, you know, when he first decided like, you know, everyone has that, not everyone, but some people have that moment where they just go, that, that's enough. Like I'm so out of shape here. I've got to do something about it. His moment was when he went for a four mile run, I think. And he said he got a couple of hundred yards down the road and he walked back. And so he built up from that. He just started slowly increasing the distance each time. So he did go through that process of building it up. But you're right about the, the mindset. Like it is important to have this mindset of like, I just want to get something done no matter what, like I'm tough, I'm just going to push through. But when you're going to push yourself to like an extreme level, like a a level that not many people are ever going to want to go to, if you don't have the training behind you, like you're just not going to get there. 
Body's just going to break down. Correct, yeah. And, and I remember just, you know, when I first started doing the Never Rest Challenge, like warm, like uh, training for it, sorry. I'd do like 200 push-ups and I was sore for days, like proper sore. And, you know, so I can, all I want, like I can think all I want that I want to do 10,000 push-ups in one day, but I was just never going to do it unless I put the work in. Yeah. And so, you know, going into that second challenge, knowing that, you know, originally I was going to do that million kilos, there's a lot of training that goes in for me to turn up on the day where it's even like a possibility where now I have to dig deep and like find all these mental reserves to keep pushing through. But if I hadn't done the training to even be in shape to attempt that, it just was never going to happen in the first place. So super important that when you're taking on a challenge, like if you're, you wake up one day, you're not going to just run a marathon if you haven't run in five years. Like you've got to ease into it, put yourself in a physical position where it's possible and then you can sort of call on and find those little mental nuggets to get you through. So how do you how do you know when you're like I'm guessing you you can't really replicate that event like you, you I'm guessing when you were preparing to do 42k run 10,000 push-ups two and a half thousand pull-ups 1500 yep. <laughs> pussy um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing when you're prepping to do that in a 24 hour period mm-hmm. it's not like you're gonna go and try and do it two weeks prior to the event and go I'll just test run it because it's like you're saving yourself, right? I'm fucking going to peak on this day and I'm going to do it. That's right. So, so if you could estimate, what are you, are you, have you tested it? Have you like sort of taken the car out for a spin at 50% of that capacity at 20%? Yeah. So like, I did, I did. I, I did. I just drew on my own experience with training people and increasing volume slowly. I did like a weekly total each week and then maybe eight weeks out I did I'd realized that I hadn't done anything overnight. So all my training's been like hours that are easy for me yeah. to wake up and train, like nice, comfortable hours. But I hadn't done anything at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. So I decided uh, about eight weeks from that original challenge to do 4,000 push-ups and maybe 500 pull-ups. Like I start at 10 o'clock at night and just finish when I finish. And I think I went through to like 3 or 4 a.m. And that's when I did that and I actually – I think I told the story last time I was on the podcast. I got into the shower. I could hardly move. I was cramping. I couldn't turn the taps. And I thought I was in a bit of trouble there, but I got through it. I woke up the next day and I felt all right. I thought, oh, I'm eight weeks out here. I've done not 50% and I didn't do any running, but I feel pretty good about where I'm at. And then I just got back on the boat and just continued up the volume, up the volume. And by the end of it, I think I'd done originally like 100,000 push-ups, maybe 20,000 pull-ups going into the event. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready, but... I feel confident. I think that's the other thing. Like a lot of it is definitely being physically ready, but also feeling like you're ready, having the confidence going in. Uh, I had definitely had heaps of confidence going in that day thinking I've done as much as I think I can do. And now we just go out and get it done. Incredible. Hmm. So there is a leap of faith there to some point, but you've kind of shortened it so that you're like, no, I'm feeling pretty good. Absolutely. There's a huge leap of faith. Like I've never done anything like it before. I, to my knowledge, I did some research. I couldn't find anyone else to even ask about it because I didn't see anyone had done those events like together in the same 24-hour period before. So yeah, there's a leap of faith for sure. But I'd done as much work as I thought I could do in the time I had available and I felt good. So I think that, that went a long way to sort of getting me, getting me halfway to the way. But also like we touched on before with the mental stuff, like I had a massive, massive why as in why I was doing that event. And that got me through a lot of like tough times throughout the event. But physically, yeah, it's a huge leap that you go into the event with. But yeah, got to take it sometimes. That was going to be my, my next question was, did you have any kind of mentor or someone who could like help you structure a program around it? And 
You didn't, right? No, I didn't. It was just all you. You just put put some programming together and stuck to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm a confident sort of person when it comes to strength and conditioning in terms of knowing what helps other people, but but very, I pay a lot of attention to what I'm good at and what like how I build my strength up really quickly and how I can maintain it. And so I'm very aware of my own strengths and weaknesses. And so I just took that in that sort of attitude into the programming for it. Just what I think this is what I'm going to need to do. I did some maths. Like I took some time. I took a few few days to sort of plan it all out and piece it all together and try and put together nine months of training as best I could. And yeah, that's what we did, mate. That's what we did. We got it done. It was awesome. But the second challenge was completely different. I had a different sort of preparation leading into it. I got a different result this time, which was, you know, challenging to deal with. Um, did you achieve the goal? I didn't. No, I didn't get exactly what I wanted to do. So, like I said, going in 15,000, 2,500 pull-ups, didn't hit that. So that was interesting to sort of deal with that. Um, but there was a lot of sort of factors as to why maybe that didn't get done. But the greater uh, event was much bigger and much better this year. Yeah, Tell was, us about that. Was it, You had more corporate sponsors on board. Yeah, so we decided that I think... I think last year was a tricky year to ask people for money, you know, with COVID. And mm. I just, whether people had it or not, I didn't feel right, like, asking for donations. It was, I know personally I was going through some tough times financially, and I'm sure everyone else was as well, and I just didn't feel right about asking for money. So we still wanted to have the event, and we wanted to create a really big event, so we did awareness. So we tried to go down the awareness route, not the money route. So we didn't ask for any donations. What we did ask people to donate, though, were push-ups. So we had this idea where we'd have a website, and there'd be, like, a graph on the website and we just picked a number out of the sky that we thought would be tough which is a million and we thought how cool would it be in that 24-hour period that i'm doing my 15,000, that we as a community a never rest community try and get a million push-ups done in that 24-hour period so we had the website built we had the graph built and essentially you'd fill out a form you'd hit enter thousand push-ups and it'd be added to the total and so we went down the route of contacting gyms contacting schools um, as many celebrities as we could with some sort of influence uh, and also just the CF community and just my own network. And the challenge became, it, as we were building into it, it became less and less about me. Like last, the year before was all about the challenge I was doing because mm. I was the only mm. one doing it. This year was about not if I'm going to get the 15,000, it's are we going to get the million. It's cool. Which is really cool. And it's a completely different feeling around that. Uh, and again, so, you know, the, we can talk about the actual event, but, Essentially, it ended like this. The, ch- the 24 hours ends. I hit 12,500 push-ups, mm. 2,000 pull-ups. So I did. It was a pretty good effort. Uh, but I felt a little bit deflated. And we were aiming for a million, and we only had 900,000. And so, like, it was a completely deflating feeling. But, you know, we ended up getting the million in the end. And Outside of the 24-hour... Inside the 24 hour, but we had got contacted the next day by a number of gyms that saw other gyms doing it. They said, oh, we did them, but we didn't know we had to register our push up. So we had a lot I more people register the next cool. day and we ended up getting it done. Okay. Yeah. That's fucking cool. I actually feel guilty. I want to tell you that, that I didn't do it. I was going to do it and I just didn't. Yeah. I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know you didn't do it. I was waiting for you to bring it up. <laughs> that was no. a great idea. Yeah, it was cool. And so that's now going to be more about what we do moving forward. I'm still going to look to do some crazy stuff to try and bring more awareness to it. But we want to create like a day where everyone knows on this day of the year, mm. where everyone does push-ups for, for cystic fibrosis. That would be cool. Yeah. So that every year it's the same day. Same day. And then we also want to create like a carnival atmosphere when we can, 
where like we you know get a, some sort of ground where everyone can turn up to. There'll be food, there'll be drinks, and there'll be like a stage area sort of where everyone can just lob up and do push-ups and we have the tally going live. And That's cool. We want to build like a really big event around it That's and maybe cool. even pump that number up if we can, if we can get it a bit more bit more exposure. Uh, who's, you said we, who's in the, the Neverest team or who's? Well, there's a lot of people in the team. But you? Essentially, it's me. It's my brother, Greg. Yeah. Uh, my best mate, Aaron. Uh, my wife's super supportive and, and helpful. Uh, us three essentially have do most of the organising though, yeah. And, uh, you know, prior to the, these two events, no experience in fundraising or... Aaron or is in corporate, uh, in sponsorship and corporate sales okay. around NRL teams. So there's a lot of contacts and a lot of experience with events, um, but he's been huge for us, yeah, yep. ma- absolutely massive. Without him, we don't get the exposure that yes, we would yep. get. He's a lot more contacts than we have. Uh, so he's been absolutely awesome with his support. That's but yeah, that's it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it, I say we because it's not. I'm just doing the push-ups. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Without totally. and that, well, that's a fine. But without them, I'm just doing push-ups on the ground. No one sees. So it, it is definitely a massive team effort. And uh, and what sort of money do you raise with that sort of uh, I event? Think we, well, we didn't raise any this time, but last time it was over fifty thousand, which was cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. That's unreal. Really cool. Uh, and yeah, we're just going to continue to try and build it and make it bigger and bigger each year. You know, it's. it's a lot of people like, I think when you get passionate about something, sometimes I can peter off a little bit. But me and my brother Greg, we made a definite decision when Nath passed away that we were going to continue with that event that year, the Neverest, and that we wanted to con- to make it like our lifelong thing that we just continued to build and build. And ultimately, the goal is to find a cure for CF. But if we can't get that done in our lifetime, then we just want to continue to help with treatments and, and, and make it as as good as, as possible for people with CF and that's like our way of you know I don't know I don't even know how to describe it but our way of like our nod to our brother of saying man like you we miss you so much and we just want to keep doing this now so amazing yeah so noble really cool no yeah I guess so but yes yeah, it's, it's it feels good like it feels good uh, a lot of people reach out like CF like I said it's a small thing and it's really cool to have people like you know, I had a, a guy reach out to me just around the Neverest Challenge saying, oh, my two-year-old's got CF and, like, I see all these celebrities doing really cool things for, like, breast cancer and stuff and uh, Mark Clark to see him do a post for my for CF for my little girl, like, was incredible. So really cool to bring exposure to and help people like that out, yeah. That's cool, man. How does, how does the this mission of yours mm-hmm. in your mind, how does it fit in with the small business and the family and all those things. Like, how do you, you know what I mean? How do you, how do you compartmentalize these? Cause you got a lot going on. Yeah. And you know, as a fellow gym owner and family man, two and a half <laughs> weeks deep. Going. Yeah. Thank just, you, bro. Just three dads. Thank you. Yeah. You look surprisingly <laughs> awake actually. man. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good at, at this point. You it's my it partner. Yeah. She's, she's doing all the, the heavy lifting, uh, but I'm sure my time is coming. This is what everyone keeps telling me. Well, well, I hope so. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else went through it. I hope you did too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a bit of that, isn't there? Yeah. It's like now you fucking know. Yeah, that's right. Bastard. Um, but how do you, you know, how do you, how do you give space to all those things? Do you find it? Do you find it a challenge? It can be. It can be tricky. I think this has become sort of part of like just what I want to do with my life, you know? So my family know it's important. You know, they're all affected by it as well. Like Nath was a really prominent person in our family. And so my wife's very, very supportive and wants to be part of it as well. 
Uh, my kids, you know, love Uncle Nathan, miss him. And, and, and so when I'm out doing things for that, like there's a lot of understanding around that. My gym community know how important it is to me as well. And they trained at our gym. And yeah, they're really supportive of us. It just feels, it, it does have to get compartmentalized sometimes, but it also sort of feels like just part of who I am, like part of what I do now. Like I run the gym, I work on the Never Rest Challenge and I'm a dad. Like they're, they're the, the, the three hats that I wear. Yeah. And just, it seems to work nicely for now. I don't know if it ends up becoming what we want it to be, which is bigger and bigger and bigger. If there's some changes maybe that need to be made some point down the road, then I'm open to that at the time. But for now, it's just inter interwoven with my life and it seems to be, yeah, it seems to be working pretty good. I mean, the hardest thing is if I'm going to continue doing the challenges myself is the training part of it. The organising, all that sort of stuff is cool. The actual work of doing challenges and training for it is a lot of, a lot of time and fitting that in is a lot more difficult. Yeah, a lot more difficult. Yeah, I imagine that would take time and energy and attention away from that's right and, and you're drained like if you're doing three hour four hour sessions of push-ups essentially you don't feel great after it like you have a shower and you sort of you just back into like cooking dinner and going to the gym and working it's, it's, it does drain your energy a lot so probably something that i need to look into long term whether i'm going to continue to do that for the short term i definitely want to uh but the, the stuff outside that is stuff that i'm really like i'm not really passionate about doing push-ups like it's, it's just, it's to bring awareness to people, right? And it's, mm. it's to do something crazy. And it is obviously personally rewarding for me to try and do that and, and go through that as well. But I'm passionate about this, the, the movement, the Never Rest movement and getting exposure out there for CF. And so that's where I don't feel like that takes my energy. Like it's, I want to put my energy there. Yeah. Whereas the training, I feel like it takes my energy away. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm sure the, the, the movement itself gives you energy. Yeah. Yeah. I lost the thing I was going to ask you just then. Oh yeah, the this idea of a physical challenge mm -hmm. that is very common in in raising awareness and and raising funds for things like this. Is there is there is there a place or do you envisage a time where it doesn't have to be a physical thing or is that is that an integral part of it? I like I like having a physical aspect to it. I like people actually doing something, which is why I thought it was cool with the million push-ups. And the community getting involved because it wasn't just wasn't just you pressing a button and donating ten dollars like you actually had to do something and so i hope that that process of physically having to get up and do something would make people think about why they're doing it because ultimately what we want is people to hear about cf to know about it and to understand what people are going through with it and hopefully then support us some more as we go down the path <coughs> and so if you're physically having to get up and do push-ups you've got to why am I doing these push-ups? Like it's because I'm, I'm doing this for the Never Rest Challenge, which is to raise money and awareness for CF. Like there's a whole physical asset aspect to it. And I think, you know, my brother, the other thing that ties back into it for me is the only reason that he was able to live to 40 years old and have the life that he had, which was a really active, social, like get up and get after it sort of lifestyle was because he took his health seriously and because he trained hard and, you know, he, he never sort of took a day off with his training. He knew how important it was to his own health and therefore to the experience that he'd have in the world. And so for me, that also ties in that there has to be something that we're doing here. We're not just going to sit around and talk about it. I want to actually do something. Yeah, so it's super important to me to have the, the, the physical aspect to it. And I think the wild physical aspect to it, like they're doing something crazy, I think it's just a, a, 
it's like social media. It's like it's attention grabbing. Yeah. There's a lot of noise out there at the moment. And if you want to get noticed and see if it's not a big thing. So if we want to get noticed, we have to do something that people pay attention to. It's just going to escalate from year to year now. Yeah, there is the limit, I guess, to like <laughs> what's actually possible. Um, but yeah, we, we'll just keep pushing the boundaries and yeah, get creative and, and see what we can do. I like I liked that we tied other people into it this year. That's such a good idea. Yeah. And I think you're right about the physical aspect. Like if it's awareness that you're trying to raise, we know that if whenever someone trains, they're always going to tell someone about it. That's it. <laughs> Especially if they're like an average Joe and they're trying to crack like a hundred you know, just for the day. Exactly right. And they're walking around sore for days t- telling people about it. And on, on the actual day of the event, like <laughs> I got so much energy from people, like our social media, our personal, uh, sorry, our Never Rest social media page was blowing up. People tagging us, tagging other people. Mm, and mm. that number, we, we went into the challenge, I think we had like 700,000 at the start of the 24 hours. It just escalated because people are tagging. Joey didn't jump on, but everyone else jumped on and <laughs> added some push-ups in. I think Mel tagged me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Mel. <laughs> <laughs> the num- yeah, yeah. Mel was very involved. Yeah. Mel was awesome. And heaps of people in Perth. We had people in Holland, Ireland, England, New Zealand, like all around the world doing this challenge. It was, it was sick. Incredible. But um, yeah, that, that brings up the awareness piece, which is the goal, right? So we, we didn't ask for money, but we wanted people to hear about it. And I think we made as big a, a noise as we could this year. And every year we'll try and make a bigger noise. And a bigger chest. And a bigger chest. Yeah, <laughs> hey, shoulders. <laughs> Shoulders are great. Good. Yeah, shoulders are resilient. Incredible. It's my, uh, I'm more knees and lower back is my weaknesses. Right. Shoulders, upper body, good to go. Go all day. Yeah, good to go. Do you feel like they've gotten, like, has any change occurred since becoming this, starting to train incredibly high levels of volume in push-ups and pull-ups? Like, have have they gotten better? Have you noticed any kind of imbalances or are you just feeling good and strong? I feel good and strong. I think, you know, it's funny, people think that training like that is really good. I would not recommend training the way I train for physique goals. It, it just doesn't work. Uh, I think my physique has definitely got worse as the training's gone up, which is, I don't know, sounds maybe sounds weird to some people, but just doing the same thing over and again, over again it's just like lifting a five kilo dumbbell forever. Like at some point you need to progress and I wasn't progressing. Obviously I was still in push-ups and pull-ups. So yeah, in terms of I've got really resilient body, like I've... Um, the guys I use for Cairo and stuff talk a lot about how resilient my shoulders seem to be to the volume. And they always talk about how it's going to break down at this point and just never does. So I'm very lucky in that regard. Uh, but other than that, no change. No change. Do you lean up for the event? And can I ask how much do you walk around and how much were you when you did each event? So I don't really lean up now because i got to keep eating, right? So i got to feed myself, mm. like fuel my the energy leading into it as well. Mm. So I always just walk around about 84, 83 kilos. It's forever. And that's what you did for it, yep. whatever it was. Yep. Yeah, I had the heaps of food. Like I ate a lot more. Last challenge, I had a lot of challenges with physically eating because I felt sick. And on reflection, I think that was the running aspect to it. I'm not a runner at all. So it just made me feel unwell. And this time around, I ate a lot more food. So... I felt like I got better calories in. I didn't really lose any weight in the challenge this time. Last time, I think I lost five, four and a half kilos from start to finish, which is quite a lot. It's because I didn't eat, but I hardly ate and I was dehydrated. This time, I I didn't lose any weight. You were dehydrated post-event or going into it? Post-event. Right, yeah, after all that running. Yeah, all that running and and I was really just struggling getting things in. Fuck, just all that work. Yeah. And a sweat. Yeah, so interesting, interesting. But this time around was... It was interesting personally, you know, because after getting the first one done, I feel like that leads you into 
almost a a feeling of not invincibility, but feeling like when it comes time, like I'm going to get this done. Like no matter how bad it gets, I've done it before. I'm going to get it done again. And to go through not finishing it and not completing it, completely different experience, very, very humbling. And almost, yeah, it, it sort of brings back again, like just straight away self-doubt, like was the last time a fluke? Like how did you get it done last time? All these different weird mind tricks that happen. But I think, you know, after thinking about it a while after, definitely feel super proud of how much I was able to get done. Um, and yeah, we just, we just roll on to the next one. Like I think when I first happened, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like whatever the next event is, someone else is doing it. Like I didn't get it done. Someone else can take the reins for the crazy stuff and I'll just help build this event to be as big as it can be. Mm. Uh, and I've, I've done a bit of reflecting since and I think I'm ready to go again for something crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting, interesting mindset change. Yeah, I remember you saying that uh, after the first one that you, it's the going through an experience like that, you, you wish that everybody could experience that. Yeah, I did. And I do. Of, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Which, which I thought was a very powerful sort of statement. It's, um, it's incredible for self-belief because there are moments when you expose yourself to such, like your body is like breaking down and your mind the whole time is trying to not let it break down, right? So it's, it's telling you you're sore. It's telling you you're injured. It's, tell, it's reminding you that you haven't eaten. It, it's reminding you that it's not that important that we don't get it done because like as long as we raise the money, like all these things start to happen. And if you allow it, it will stop you from moving forward because that's what your mind's trying to do. It's, it's trying to get you back into comfort. It doesn't want what's happening to its body to continue to happen. And so there's a big thing going into it about having the right mindset to pain and understanding that it's going to come and how I'm going to try and navigate my way through it. And it was, yeah, it was life-changing and still is. And I still use those things in the next challenge. I just think it was just slightly out of reach for me with the amount of work that I, with the amount of, like we spoke on before, with the amount of training I'd done leading into it, it wasn't as much. And I think it just wasn't, just wasn't possible for me on that day to get it done. Like I did everything I could. Yeah. What do you do then is the, because obviously the selection of the repetitions and that kind of thing, yeah. that plays a part. Mm -hmm. So you could say, I mean, and obviously who knows, but you could say, well, the numbers that you picked for your first challenge, doable. The numbers that you picked for the second one, unrealistic. Yeah. Hence didn't get there. Yeah. Okay. Maybe give it another crack. You get, you know, halfway closer. Yeah. So how do you do that going into the next event? Do you are you do you have to be more strategic about all right? What am I actually picking here, or do you just go now? Nah, fuck it, I'm just setting the bar high and let's go, and potentially not achieve it. I'm always I always would rather, in my own head, have it so it feels unrealistic. I think that if I set it and think I can get it, it just takes away from totally the excitement yeah, about yeah. it you know yeah. and training becomes training more difficult it. i'm like oh, i'm gonna get this anyway yeah, like, it yeah. just gotta seem impossible yeah i, I need it to feel like that mm. to keep me hungry to continue to train because the, the biggest thing with a challenge like that anything like if you're going to ultra marathon run whatever it is going to be whatever it's going to take a long time the biggest thing is the training is like you just you have to train like it doesn't matter if you don't feel like it the reps or the kilometers whatever it might be you just have to get done there just cannot be any excuses. Like, yeah, day to day, you can make changes and tweaks to if you're not feeling great, if you're unwell. But on, when you look at a program on the whole, like this nine-month block, this has to get done, whether I like it or not. So if you're not hungry to get it done, and if, you, if the, what you're chasing is not 
uh, exciting or not like enticing enough to make you want to continue to change, you're just going to your training's just going to fall away and you're not going to get it done in the end anyway. And it's that cherry, like that thing that you're chasing at the end is like, it's got to be big. It's got to, it's got to look cool to you and it's got to be exciting to you. And if it's not, yeah, I think it's going to really affect your training and ultimately your ability to get it done. Do you wake up every morning and feel good and strong and, you know, physically energized? No. No way. No, no. Are you talking about now or like when I'm training? Yeah, generally. No, not at all. Not at all. I need to work on my sleep. You're going to find that out soon with kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't wake up I don't know what you guys are talking day. about. I'm two and a half weeks in and everything's fine. <laughs> How about you, Paulie? How do you sleep? Uh, not great. Mm. I don't sleep a lot. Yeah. I got up this morning feeling pretty... Average. ...slow and, you know, came in and trained at, you know, at a time and it was slow, but you get yeah. used to it. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. You get used to it, Joey. Yeah, no, I don't. Not at all. Not at all. Because I think people listening are going to be like, well... Is obviously, a, and we, we touched on this last time, but he must be a specimen, you know? Yeah. Superhuman. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm the most average person you're ever likely to meet. Just just had something that meant something to me enough to, to want to put myself in a position to be uncomfortable enough to get something pretty cool done. You know, I think everyone's able to do that. It's just, you've got to pick something that's exciting to you, some event that's exciting to you, and you've got to have a big enough reason to want to keep going, keep moving forward towards it. Do you wake up every day feeling motivated? No, again, not at all, not at all. So when I'm training for the event, I, I think I am motivated to get the work done because I want that event to happen. I want to get the, uh, whatever it is I'm chasing down to actually achieve it. Yeah, but again, not, not motivated. Like I think it's stole, it's, it's classic sort of gym talk. Like we have people at the gym always say, oh, how do I get motivated? It's, it's not necessarily about motivation. It's more about habits and it's more about this is what I do. I do this every day and I do this every day and I eat this and I go here and I train here. And it's just, it's more habit-based. And everything I do, even when I'm in full training and motivation might be pretty high, it's still habit-based. It's still, I know I'm going to train at this time, on this day, for this long. And it's just something I do. For sure. What about you? Are you motivated every day? No. Not at all. No. No, you know, no. I, I don't feel, you know, I kind of have to work on it. Some days, you know, some days more so, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, for the most part, no, it's something that's cultivated. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you use habits and your processes and whatnot to bring you back to that point where you're like, all right, yeah, I'm energized to do this thing. Let's do it. That's it. I think a lot of that, are, if you set up habits for long enough, it's like I train now and I'm not training for an event right now. So I'm just doing some general training, but I just train because it's what I do. Like I don't even think about it. Like I just I literally just train at the gym and go home. Sometimes not even without a program. It's just because it's the person that I am is what I do. So I think if you're looking for motivation for something, you've sort of got to lean more into trying to build a habit, trying to take some action, and that will lead into more motivation for something, but still in the understanding that motivation's not always going to be there. And you've got to get consistency with habits to achieve just about anything, I would say. How do you find the, as a gym owner, and now um, you own a gym by yourself, yep. so your workload would have increased? Mm-hmm. How do you find pulling yourself away from your work to go and train? Is that a challenge for you? Yeah, it's a challenge to, I, I always find time to train, but it's a challenge to switch my mind off. Right. I think when you run a business, you know, anyone who runs a business, like if you're invested enough in it, which most people are, like it becomes second nature to think about it all the time. You know, always thinking about it in the shower, like even when you're spending time with your kids or your family and, or at dinner, like always just thinking about it. That's certainly a challenge. 
You want a good cure for that? Yeah, I like it. Country music. Country music? <laughs> yes, boy. Country it's music. <laughs> you play it on the way home five. or something? Uh, when I train. <laughs> Holy shit. And in fact, Country Music Mondays on Thursdays oh. is a thing at our gym. And every Thursday we play country music. Oh, that's so cool. Country music. It's... um. I know you're looking at me funny, but no, I, I want to know more. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. It's something about the the songs and like, you can sing along to it. It sort of zones it's me out. It's quite optimistic too. Country music it can be. It? it can be very sad as well. So it depends right. what songs you pick. But I find if it's not if country music's not your thing, it can be boy bands. It can be anything you want to sing along to. Holy shit! Yeah, I sing when I train now. Wow. Yeah. Or I, or I, if I don't, I end up lost in my thoughts and you're you're a fan of you're a hip-hop guy yeah you guys like a bit of hip-hop over at your gym that's essentially what we play all the time except on thursdays wow are we doing like any country music or aussie or i'm more american yeah yeah more american some old stuff as well as a bit of garth brooks is all right Garth brooks he (laughs) sung at the inauguration yesterday (laughs) did he who did garth brooks i saw they had um lady gaga J-Lo. J-Lo and Garth Brooks. What kind of shapes he in? Last time I saw him, he was- He's a big boy. Big boy, yeah. I was like, I remember his CDs that my parents used to listen to. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure he was a slim guy. He was a slim guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's, he's enjoying his fame, but- Gone down the Country music, route. mate. That's the secret. There it is. <laughs> that's cool. What a claim. So it's a little bit of a kind of pattern disruption sort of thing? That's it. I, I just find a good, like anything like that that's going to work because- if your mind's just running all the time, you just you start going loopy and start going crazy and thinking too much, and, and you do feel drained from that. Mm. I, I find that if I don't have a way to stop thinking about work, or especially when the challenges are on, thinking about work and the challenge and the kids, like there's too many things. And if I can't stop my mind for some period of time throughout the day, mm. I just feel mm. completely drained the next I, day. I use music for motivation a lot. Yeah, I like I, I like music. And at some point I recognize that, you know, it's, it's a, a shortcut to whatever mood that you want to be in. Massive. Yeah. So I'll, I like to get excited about music, make playlists. I have a commute. Um, so I'll use the commute to help me do whatever I need to do. Like I don't always listen to podcasts. Less and less I listen to any podcast because like, I used to just have more thoughts in my mind all the time. Yeah. I was just like sucking in information. And, then I, and then I went through a period of no nothing and just yep. driving in silence. And then I just brought back like whatever tunes I needed, whether it. it was like, yeah, sing along, pop stuff, or Tiesto. it was just like Tiesto, <laughs> yeah. you know, something like that. But yeah, it's, it's very powerful. I think it is. I think it's, you've got to find a way to switch off sometimes. Mm. Um, and for me, that's, that's music while I train, you know? That's my time to, to chill out. Pod, it's interesting what you said about podcasts because I find depending on what kind of podcast I listen to will mm. depend on what my mood is afterwards. Like sometimes if it's like a business style podcast, I'll just find myself listening and starting to go, all right, maybe I should do this. How can I change this? That's a yeah, good idea. Yeah. Whereas I like to, I prefer listening to more entertaining sort of podcast interviews with cool people. Sure, that I, go, yeah, yeah. I can just yep. sort of switch off and listen to them for a little while. So depends. JB's podcast. Number one. <laughs> my God. I appreciate your support, man. You just sent that nice text a little while ago. Said always, you, man. You always like listen. Show? Always listen. It's cool. Last week was cool. Uh, yeah, Firas. Blow-ups about not Sorry, being number Firas. 100. Firas, I heard the pronunciation, Firas. yeah. Um, he wanted to be number 100. Yeah. Who is going to be number 100 while we're here? Um, I don't believe we've booked that far ahead. If I refer to my spreadsheet here, they will be thinking about triple figures. Three-month podcast plan. Who's going to raise the bat? Yeah, we're, we're booked till 97, and then it's, uh, it's open territory. Should have landed on Australia Day. Hottest 100. Oh, that could be a thing. Podcast 100. We've got a 100 
work out something with a hundred as the thing. Oh yeah, Dill's doing a hundred yeah. top one hundred workouts. Yeah, What's yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I haven't I seen it yet. Know. Yeah. I don't know if he knows. It's just like it's hundred reps of a fuckload of things. hundred things. Yeah. <laughs> and we're doing it on Australia Day. Holy shit. I think it's important. Important who's number hundred. I do and I don't. Because I don't know if you, if we, in in a way, if we start going down, if we're like that milestone thing, mm. then potentially it's like, then it's making choosing favorites in a way. Whereas you know, like we have some of the most unassuming guests that come on, and then the podcast ends up being a real gem. My favorite one you've ever done was uh, the guy from the country who cooked, Paul West. Yes, wasn't that a great that episode? Was a sick episode, so good. I love that guy. Oh man, me too. I used to watch once every all the time. Did you? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I turned on the telly when we we're in hospital. Uh, when uh, Misa had just given birth, we we're in hospital for five days. Yeah, which was lovely. You know, we had our own room and Bit stuff. Of a break, and, right? Yeah, man. And there's no visitors, right, with COVID. Mm. So it's just the two of you and the baby, and then these awesome midwives and food. Um, but they, um, I turned the telly on, and Paul West was on, and it was River Cottage Australia, so and good. I was like. Oh fuck! I never watched this, and he was like making sauerkraut. Then he was welding up a little uh, shelter for his goats because it was raining outside and the goats were getting cold. It's pretty handy, man. I was loving it. I'm like, this is a mad show. I'm, I want to go back and watch it. I really like him. Yeah, great guest, great guest. I think you get him back for number hundred. I'd be happy. That could be a cool one. Yeah, it's a good call. Just think about it. Yeah, it's got to be big. It can't be one of those ones where we're like two minutes for. All right, boys, what are we talking about today? <laughs> so, can we lock the Jungle Brothers in for push-ups next time we do a million? Hundred percent. I'm in. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of Maybe it at the I'll time. I'll message you, Paul. Yeah, yeah I'm in. I'll pay yeah. double. <laughs> <laughs> Your push-ups account for double. Well, you know what? And this is this is by no means an excuse, but it was it was one of those things where it came and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Here's the thing: the whole gym needs to get behind. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I'm like, the idea of communicating this to the whole gym with whatever else is on in my head right now is like too much. Yeah. But I was like, I want to do it. But then I'm like, no, but I got to tell everyone. Yeah, it's fair enough. No, it's good. But undoubtedly, it's been declared now, we'll be a part of, of any future event. I think it's really cool. I think events like that's awesome for community too, right? Not only at the gym, but just in general. I heard you guys at the start saying you're gonna do that walk. That's awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. And people love that stuff. People love an excuse to, to get behind people. And, and sometimes it can be difficult to give money, you know? Um, but they can, people are more than usually more than happy to give their time and their energy and go for a walk or do some push-ups or whatever it might be, yeah, so. It's true, man. Like we get here, uh, what's the hotspot for it? We get people coming in looking for donations every other week. Yeah. And they're like, oh, hey guys. You know, they always walk up to the office, super awkward because they open the door and then there's like 10 coaches. Yeah, they just open this door and they're like, oh, oh uh, hello, um, I'm from uh, this foundation <laughs> and I'm here to talk to you. And you're like, well, one of us will come downstairs and let's have a chat one-to-one. -one. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, a bunch of people staring at you right now, but they're usually, you know, they're always for a good cause. They're always helping, you know, sick children or people with disabilities or whatever it is. And you always want to help. Yeah. And our thing is like, look, our business doesn't like, we're just scraping through. So we're not going to give you a donation of money. However, do you want me to do some push-ups? Yeah. Do you <laughs> want to, do you want, like, we got a gym here where we can run, th you know, if you want to bring the kids in, you yep. can run a workshop on a day or, you know, is there something we can do like that? Because we'd be more than happy to volunteer our time and our energy. Um, so what you're talking about is that it's like, it's, you're not asking for coin. You're just asking for a little bit of effort. That's it. And, and, I, and I do think that generally, not always, but generally people are happy to give some effort. For sure. For sure. And it's massive for community building. People feel like they're contributing. 
even though they're not giving money they're giving their own time they're posting on their social media and that's like the power of um the the good that social media can do because it's a bit of a weird spot i think social media at the moment and so i love when i see people doing things like that because it's you know they're using it the platform for something i think that's like quite noble and quite cool to try and get a message out there about someone that's a little less fortunate than them uh and i think that's really what i love to see when i look at my social media or um some fighting and yeah so i think people are definitely more open to that than they are giving money i think it, there's so many good causes at the moment it's really difficult unless something's really personal to you it's difficult to know where to put your money it's true because there's so there's so many people that need it right and so many people need help uh so but when when you talk about oh do you want to go for a we'll go for a walk or we'll do some push-ups or we'll go for a bike ride whatever it might be people are happy to come down and, and give their time and give them something to do and i mean it makes everyone feel good i think it helps the, it helps the cause it helps that person feel like they're contributing i think it's a really cool thing yeah I, I do sometimes have you kind of touched on it like there's so many different causes and i do sometimes have this uh, feeling of futility when you say oh, i'm doing a thing for this i'm doing a thing for this and you i mean what you're doing is on uh, on a pretty grand scale like obviously it's got a lot of room to grow but compared to your standard like fundraisers within offices and you know sort of one-man bands trying they're, they're not doing it on that level right yep. um they would aspire to i'm sure but you see all these things and you're like yeah that's a great cause great awesome but you're like fuck it, do these people need to combine forces so mm. that their so that their effect can be larger? There's sometimes there's this feeling of almost helplessness. I think each cause sort of has so many branches and so many people wanting to do their own thing for it, and we're the same. You know, there's other people that raise money for CF, heaps of people, uh, and we're just doing our own thing. So for sure, it'd be I think it'd be easier for people to know that there's this one body. But then I think you sort of can get tied up into politics around what happens with the money and who's the most deserving of it. So, you know, I see a need, I do see a need for some sub branches on each different cause. And, you know, this money's going to go to this thing, this money's going to go to this thing. But as a, as a person who sees, like, like you said, people asking for money and people asking for help, it gets difficult. It gets bloody difficult to know what, you know, who am I going to help you? That's why most people will revert to what's personal to them. Oh, my mum had breast cancer. I'll go there mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, you know, which is completely <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, completely fair enough. But that's where I think we're trying to cut through it because the reality is that not on on that scale, the numbers aren't the same for people with CF, and so we're trying to find a way to get people, like grab people's attention, and say, "Hey, you might not know anyone with CF, but listen to the story about other people with it, and maybe you want to now contribute something if you can." Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've found it um, having a child that you know all of a sudden you start having these feelings of oh man what if, what if he's born with something or fuck what if he's fine now but then in two years time he, you know he's got this thing and and you're like and then i think and i was just thinking as you were talking moments ago i'm like if it turns out he's got cf i'm gonna be so fucking appreciative of what you do mm. like it's you know you, you you can't like it becomes such a valuable kind of lifeline i'm sure for people you know, who, 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 whether it's themselves or their children or their family members who are suffering from things, to have other people out there who are doing things to raise awareness. That's it. Because things like that make you feel helpless, right? As a dad, if that was your... You can't actually do anything. You're not a doctor. You're not... Like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And so to see someone out there with any sort of profile trying to create awareness and get some money and help you out, it's like gold dust, you know? It's awesome. And that's why I think a lot of people are really, really receptive to it because... I think 
it's just beginning with CF. Like there is a lot of people out there doing work, but it's just the beginning of it. And we're going to try and make it as big as we can so that everyone knows about it. And those people that feel at the moment like no one's listening to them or no one knows really their story, you know, we're going to try and get it out there and, and make people hear, hear the message. And hopefully that helps them just, even just their day-to-day interactions with people. Like I'm sure I used to know Nath, like he used to tell people I've got CF and the amount of times people say, what's that? What does that mean? And like just no understanding, which is completely fine, but we want to change that a little bit and make it a bit more mainstream so people understand like, oh, he's got CF, that means this. And that's, that's what it means for him. Like they just have a bit more understanding about the kind of person that might be. And, and for me as a parent, like same as you, when I see kids with it, it's like my heart, obviously for the kid, but my heart goes to the parent straight away. It's like I, if something was wrong like that with my child, it'd be like you would feel helpless. And it's the worst feeling in the world to feel helpless and not be able to help someone with something that means something to you, like, a, like your child. So, yeah, as much as I'm doing it for the people with CF, like I'm a person who's a brother of someone with CF, so I sort of relate to what it's like to be in the family without actually having it. And so I want to try and help those people out as well if we can. It's cool. It's some real life hero shit you're doing, man. Yeah, I mean, look, the truth is, it makes me feel good too, right? So, I, I, of course, I, a lot of people that help, you know, it's it is it is nice and it is good what I'm doing, but it also makes me feel good. So it's a little bit of selfishness involved with it. It's good to feel worthwhile. It's good to know that you're doing something for people. Yeah, so, but there has to be. Yeah, there has to be for you to drag yourself. You know what I mean? To put that effort in, and and there there has to be some kind of benefit to you. Correct. You know. Could you, um, you got some good book recommendations? I'm thinking you've, you've dived into this mode of, you know, uh, well, I'm assuming you've, you've, or unless you've just stumbled into it, but, you know, what are you using to help you get motivated and to help you develop this drive and discipline? Goggins has got a book. Yep. Pretty cool. Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. Good book. Uh, I got, I'm more like, um, I like the processes around people being successful or great, you know, so I like that book, um, I'm going to butcher the name of it. I think it's called Legacy. Oh, it's about the All Blacks. All Blacks, yeah. Really, really cool book. Lessons you, on leadership. Yeah, yeah, such a good book. Such a good book. And even though it's about leadership of like a group of people, very relatable to your own life. Yeah. And how you can lead yourself lead yourself in your own life and, and to move forward. So I'd probably just recommend that one. Can't Hurt Me's awesome book. If you know anything about Goggins or you like him in any way, that's definitely worth a read or just an audio book. Super cool story and very, very inspirational person. He's on a different level to anyone probably is ever going to be. Like, you know, how someone's going to be that one person. Like, he's that one person that's just crazy enough to do things that people just aren't going to do. So probably don't have to relate to him that much, but it's more about just draw, drawing some inspiration from that story. Yeah, I think, I think I should read that because I kind of like the guy. I think I could like him more. You like him more if you read the book. It's, it's really raw, really real about his experiences. Yeah. And there's a lot about him that you probably don't know unless you read the book, like some of the challenges he's gone through. It's not just, I've got this crazy mindset. It's about like why he's got it. Mad. Yeah. What about um, podcast? Oh, JB's podcast. JB's um, podcast. Top one. What are the other top two that beneath the Jungle Brothers podcast? <laughs> Well, I listen to, I think, I'm not really special with my podcast listening. I listen to My Muscle Project, uh, yep. Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, pretty nice. boring. Who's that guy um, that I listen to? The classic quadrant. Yeah, it's pretty classic. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. classic for, for podcasts I listen to. I don't listen to much else. Country uh, music. Country, I can definitely uh, hit you up with some country music. 
Yeah. Do, do you have a Spotify playlist of this country music? It's called Country Music Mondays on Thursdays, yeah. Country Music Mondays on Thursdays. Yeah. What's the Mondays on Thursdays well, about? Country Music Monday sort of rolls off the tongue nicely, but we didn't do it on Monday. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so we did it on Thursday. And now it's just become a thing. Everyone knows it's Country Music Mondays on Thursdays. I'm looking it up. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a crack at that. Next session. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. And the thing is, right, just play it at the gym. Don't tell anyone what's happening. Just play it. Just see what happens. See what happens. Just put it out there and just see what happens. <laughs> Thing is, a lot of there was a lot of resistance in the gym. You can imagine, like we've got a lot of hip hop, a lot of rap, a little bit of dance music, like upbeat sort of stuff. And then one day, it's just country, and just the faces were exploding, what mate. Fuck is like, this? What is this? I love riling up the members with music. There's a few dark horses, like going, <laughs> "This is all right." Yeah. <laughs> Did not expect this. I'm happy about this, but a lot of people were very resistant to it. And now, I play like it's. There's only like 40, 50 songs on it because it's only one day of the week. So you probably hear every song in three weeks. In your, you know, every three weeks you hear all the songs. People singing them. That's cool. Country music haters are singing the songs, mate. They love it. They're becoming little anthems of the gym. And we have a lift class on 6.30 on a Thursday and they will not lift to anything else. Wow. <laughs> I like the old stuff. When I think of like, uh, like Dolly Parton. Oh, it's a bit like out. Like the sweet... Songs that, like in really cool, mate. Lyrics. They're very soulful music, very soulful music. But you yeah. listen to uh, Rascal Cash. Flats, Luke Combs, Ooh. Luke Bryant. Ooh, don't know any of those three. Rascal no. Flash, I like that name. Flats, Flats, Flats. Flats. Oh, that's good too. Great. Love country. They sing, movie. um, they uh, sing Life is a Highway in the Cars movie. Oh, I'm good seen it. You will, you will. Tell you what, though, uh, the entertainment for kids is boosted recently i think that's the movies and the shows very, oh very watchable for parents because so back in the day fun. mate horrendous 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 now you can watch them so i, I have been exposed to a couple through um Mises daughter what have you watched i've watched uh well, i watched finding nemo which i know is fucking old classic but that was new shit for me loved it <laughs> i watched a little bit of um the emoji film Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, Not that bad. was good. And then she was watching Trolls the other day. Classic. I didn't really like it, but it, you know, it was like fun stuff going. It's watchable. On. Yeah, yeah there, there's, watchable. there's layers in there. There's that old themes, isn't there? Yeah. The two I watched recently was Totoro. I was telling Misa, it was oh, just yeah. randomly his Japanese film made by the guys who make Spirited Away. It was weird, but it was fun. <laughs> um, and then I watched Soul. Have you seen Soul? Yeah. Seen it on the side movie. of buses. So good. I cried. Did you? Yeah, I like a teared up. It was like sad. ball. Great movie though. But yeah, really touching. Who's the um, main character? What's his name? Uh, the, who plays him? Yeah. Oh, forgotten. Fuck. So but good. Yeah, Soul is really good. So movie. good. There's really good themes in that. Cartoon, like, cartoon deal or cartoon, yeah, yeah. right. Another Kids one. were sitting there like Coco. thinking about life. Coco. Coco, yeah, Coco. Gotta watch Coco. You might yeah. cry on that one. Dang. Yeah, I'm. I'm, 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 I'm crying more one. too since he's been born. More emotional, mate. <laughs> what a work! I teared up when Dylan gave me a play-by-play yesterday and how he proposed on the weekend. Holy shit! Yeah, I was just like, congratulations, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in the room. Uh, Coco, wow. Coco's tearjerker. Coco's a goodie. Yeah, have you watched that? I haven't, but they went to the movies and saw it. Watch it. Yeah. Really good, entertaining. <laughs> music, a lot of music. Yep. Yeah, cool. A lot of Latin American. I think. I think they're Mexican. Really cool. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Really, really cool movie. Fuck yeah, I can get around it. Yeah, you like that. Yeah, I'm on board with this stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Leo's about, not yet. What about TV shows? Dougie? You watch Dougie? Dougie is so funny. Doesn't actually say anything. Bluey? <laughs> I've seen Bluey, but I've Bluey. not been exposed to any, show, any TV Bluey's shows. Right. Bluey's all right. Bluey's good? Dougie's good. Yeah? Bluey's good. Bluey's, Bluey's Aussie, isn't it? Bluey's Aussie, yeah. That's cool. Dougie, Aussie? No. 
nice English. Okay. Bluey's a girl too. I that didn't know that. Really I found that out yesterday. Like I had the, no idea. The, the person who plays his voice. Well, just the character, Bluey, the, the dog in the thing. That's, it's, it's a girl, girl dog. But I thought it was always a boy dog. I don't yeah, think right. they made it clear enough. Biatch. That's cool. Biatch. She's a bitch. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. In the literal <laughs> sense. By definition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. What have you got coming up? Um, like, what's the future plan? What's the ne- You want to do the big bomb drop today on what the no, next? That's what the last time I did it, I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there is some plans in motion. Nothing's set in concrete yet, but there will be another crazy event. And we will this year, like it's a, it's an annual thing, not necessarily. Probably this year. Okay. Yeah, no, probably this year, and there will be another million push-ups this year as well. Okay. Yeah, there might be different events. Might just be separate events. One's just me doing something crazy. The other one will be the whole community the with a million push-ups the day. Mm, yeah, mm. most likely September. Yeah. Not in concrete yet, but yeah, it will depend on COVID. Like our vision is to have it, like I said, at, at a yeah yeah, at a yeah football oval or something yeah. where we can have. Like I said, food trucks, food, um, drinks, big stage, people doing push-ups. Some beats. Some country music probably, maybe Fuck some hip-hop. Yeah. Um, Thumbs <laughs> in pockets and then just moving the yeah. hips. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone gets a hat on arrival. Yeah. yeah so How y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good, yeah. So that's, that's the vision. If we can't do that, we'll still do something similar to what we did last time. But we want to leave it a bit later to see what's going to happen with restrictions and whether someone's that a possible possibility. But yeah. That's cool. That's coming up. Well, if you know, maybe with like within the COVID thing, if there's if it, if it comes at a time when there's still restrictions, you could potentially do, which was something we'd love to be involved in. If you could do like each place that gets involved, like say each gym, they they run their own little kind of mini day yep. festival kind of vibe there. Yeah, cool. You know, and you could yeah, you could almost stipulate. All right, got to have some food. You got to have some music, and you got to, and then there's the push up section. That's it. No, that's yeah. good. It's a good idea, actually, Joey. We might have the brainstorm post post podcast to get some more let's, ideas man that was good yeah well we thought about that didn't we with the christmas party we we're like all right we're gonna have satellite christmas parties because it's like 10 people at each party so we're gonna get like yep. 30 houses involved it was ridiculous we didn't like, you guys go away for your christmas party yeah we did what we, was that about i saw i went they've gone away for christmas that's crazy we had a camping weekend where'd you go we went to a, a property in the colo on the colo river i know a colo i go camping there regularly which was a connection through paul that um, was a sick weekend. It was sick. Did but you have many people go? Fucking hell, we had heaps. Did you? In true Jungle Brothers fashion, it was a blowout. It looked like a proper party. Like I'm like, how it was they a get festival? How they get that many people thing. to go away yeah. camping? Like I feel like that'd be a struggle for most people. I mean, it wasn't easy. It took it took a lot of work, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. of phone calls, a lot of conversations. No, no, come, come, you'll be fine. <laughs> a lot. No, nah, you'll love camping. Yeah. I know you haven't done it before. Like <laughs> you know. And truthfully, everyone that came fucking loved it. Yeah. Mm. But mm. it was an ask. It was a. It was. It was an ask from the people that came. And I mean, you boys put in a lot of work. I didn't have much to do with the involvement, thankfully. T sold it really, really well to a lot of people and made events and got people involved by, um, you know, asking people in the tribe uh, what they could offer. And it was a Burning Man theme. To run so your oh, workshops. Yeah, yeah, to run workshops and stuff. Really? So it was a Burning Man Gosh. theme. Uh, so there was all of that. You, you know, do that what again. Can you send, do for people? send an invite this way. I would love to be part right, of it. We'll hit you up. That's amazing. I can't believe you got, I can't believe you did that. That is like, I know what it's like to run a gym and what it takes to I get know. people to turn up. Like we, we have really successful social events, but to ask people to go away, camping is a big ask and you've, you've nailed it. Yeah. Okay, well done, mate. That's crazy. And, and here's the even crazier shit is that it came seven days after our fight night. Really? So we had the fight night and then that was on a Saturday. And then the next, well, the next Friday, six days later, I was like, all right, we're going camping. Like it was fucking so much. 
It was all in the last two weekends of the year as yeah. well. I'll never do it like that it was ever ridiculous. again. Yeah. The thing is though, you got away with it because it's COVID, right? So people weren't having that many plans end of December. Exactly. If you'd, yeah. have, if you'd have done that last year or the year before, sorry, you probably That's wouldn't right. have people turn up. It's usually yeah. all Fire in November. Night, yeah. Did you I, enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I did. Would you yeah. do it again? Uh, I would definitely do it again. Cool. I want to do it again because, awesome. you know, you learn from the first experience and definitely need to, to be chilling out and focusing more uh, on the actual day. I feel you like know. the I feel like an event like that would make you more relaxed next time because you know what to expect. There's a lot of unknown, isn't it? The first yeah, time, yeah, yeah. And it was our first event. It was quite busy. Uh, like we haven't done that sort of thing before with the fundraising, and it got thrown together, you know, late. Yeah, I would say. Um, and we had lots of help and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it was a good experience. Great idea. Yeah, well, it, like it was, it was like all members, yeah, except for you. All members, a couple, uh, it started with uh, coaches. Dylan here called out one of the other coaches. So who fought were either members or coaches here. So it was wow. just in-house. And yeah. that's, that's ballsy, I imagine, because <laughs> even like me just getting up and trying to hit like a max deadlift in front of my own members is like a bit, bit on the line here. Like I've got to, got to pick this up because I've got my credibility. Oh, it's all about. On the line here, right? It's all about <laughs> so the people get up who are and watching. fight somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's the hardest part. That's you ballsy know, just stepping up though, really. You feel, yeah, very nerve-wracking and all the energy that's going around. And yeah. Also because we made the fundraiser like public, so there was pay-per-view, et cetera. Yeah. So then you've got all these people watching and that was the most nerve-wracking part, I'd say. Awesome. Just the but idea you did it. of it. But you yeah. did it. You going to go up next? Yeah, I'll be in the next one. I didn't do this one because I, I didn't feel right about my knee. Okay. I was like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to do it yet, but next one I'll be up for it. Him and T are wrestling. T, T wants me to do a wrestling match against him. Oh, I was going to say, surely you're just going to take someone down anyway if it's stand-up. Just going to... Well, I'd probably, yeah, but with T, I'd probably like to play more off my back. Yeah. You know, more jiu-jitsu, but if it's a wrestling match, I can't. Okay. Because you go on your back, you lose. Oh, there's rules, isn't there, in wrestling? Well, wrestling, yeah, wrestling's all wrestling. about pinning and being in top position. Yeah. Essentially. So uh, it, that would be a good middle ground between our skill sets. See, so striker. He's a striker and he's got, he has a good base of kind of basic wrestling. Yeah, cool. Whereas I'm a strict jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah. So I like spin around on my back and all that. Yeah. So I'd have, if we did a jiu-jitsu match, I'd be, I'd have an advantage. Massive advantage. If we did a striking match, I would get obliterated. That's why I like the mixed martials, mate. Like just, if he stays on his feet, you're in trouble. You got to get him to the ground. Yeah, he would definitely KO me before I could close the distance. Oh, I just run at him. You, I mean, <laughs> just run at bro, him. Bro, it would <laughs> be horrible. You would see him. my fucking nose explode. Jump knee. On the on the screen, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like Ben Askren. <laughs> oh, mate, that was a knockout. That was a knockout. Yeah, oh, he did that. He just ran out. Fuck, that was yeah. a mistake. That was beautiful, mate. Um, thank you for coming on again. Pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate. it. Twice is more than I deserve. I appreciate it. Well, I, I always get a little shot of motivation every time you come in. It's I like, do too. Oh, cool, yeah. I gotta, I gotta fucking get some shit going on. I gotta do some stuff. I, I like it, and I hope that people who listen to this. Also get a little hit of motivation out of it. Um, where can, I want people to see you, right? Because mm-hmm. again, I really think that people listening are like, oh yeah, but he's a Superman. He's obviously a fucking, you know, this guy's an animal. But you're like, like you said last time, you're like, I'm just a dude. Just a dude who trains and just works hard. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Where can they see you? Tell us about your gym. Cool. So yeah, my Instagram handle is probably the best reflection of who I am. Um, very straight down the line, training and being a dad. So that's Sean Clarence, which is S E A N Clarence underscore. 
uh, the Jim's U version 2, all one word, all spelt out. Uh, but yeah, if you want to have check out what Neverest is about, we're at neverest.com.au, which is N-E-V-E-R-R-E-S-T, Neverest, uh, one word, .com.au. Check that out. We have an Instagram page as well, which we're not super active on unless we're like event in the middle time. of an event. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to check out the website, check it out, see what the event was about. It's all there. That's cool. We'll push people towards it. We'll give you a little tag when we, uh, when we post this episode. Um, and man, thanks again. Thanks so much, guys. I'll be listening, excited to see who number one hundred. You might not think it's a big deal, but to the listeners, it's a big deal. Number one hundred is feedback. a big deal. All right, that's, we'll that's make it dog. a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it a thing. Paul West, consider yourself called out. <laughs> Could be multiple guests. Let's see. Maybe it's a oh. fucking marathon episode. Work like a, a boardroom sort of style. That could be cool. I'd like to could hear just that. be a bunch of people yelling over the top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> could, be, could be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend. It helps to support our show, but also helps to spread Sean's message and let people know about cystic fibrosis. Um, so take a screenshot of it, put it on your Instagram, tag us, tag him, um, send it to someone who you know would appreciate it, and you're doing a lot of good things. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. And uh, Sean, I will see you at some point. A hundred and something, something down the track. Sounds good, bro. Take care. Thanks, Thank you, brother. Thanks, Paulie. Thanks, Thanks Paulie. And uh, if you want anything from us, you know where to get us, junglebrothers.com or if you're on Instagram at junglebrothersmovement. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. Peace.